Hello, and welcome to Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident with me, Dave Hill, the pride of Cleveland and beyond. I once got um, uh, some free Laffy Taffy in Denver. I don't even know what Laffy Do you know what Laffy Taffy is, Chris? It's uh, it's like saltwater taffy. It is. It comes in, but it's it's packaged for people on the on the go lifestyles, yeah. right? Yeah. Where do you stand on taffy? Um, it's a little too like it sticks to my teeth. Yeah. Yeah, it's like rips your fillings out. Yeah, it's, and such. It's very. T- if you get like legit saltwater taffy too. It's oh, like, you're in for a treat. Yeah. Don't get me started. Where's like the big place to get saltwater taffy? Um, I've been there. Salt Lake City. I don't think it's Salt Lake City. Somewhere with salt water, I guess. Yeah. Do they act, use the cops are coming? <laughs> the saltwater cops are coming. Um, I don't know. I remember though it was it was considered like a real delicacy growing up mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Oh, Atlantic City. That's where the saltwater taffy would come, and no one could believe it. Yeah. Everyone was super pumped. <laughs> um, anyway, thank you, everyone, for joining us once again for Dave Hill's Podcasting Incident with Chris Kurzbeck. We're here in my living room. Chris is not in Queens. Yeah. We're, we're doing it. We have a guest in, in I want to say in studio, but it's just in my living room. Let's be honest. Uh, call it a studio. Um, Vanessa Silberman, musician, songwriter, singer, producer, engineer, uh, all sorts of things. Um, we're going to be talking to her momentarily. Um, what else do we want to cover before we just tear people a new one with yet another episode of this incredible podcast? Um, well, this is going up Friday, so you have recorded your stand-up album. It will have already happened. This is the yeah. We're recording this on Wednesday tomorrow. I'm excited. Which will be yesterday. I'm recording my stand-up two shows. I'm actually very nervous. Are you? Yeah, I feel like once it's happening, it'll be fine. Everything. That's will be usually how it probably works out. fine. My parents are coming. Does that make you more really? more nervous? That's or? comforting because I feel they strike me as being generous laughers. They are, or are they not? No, they they very much. I yeah. just hope it goes well. You know, I hope. If the first show doesn't go well, you still got the second show. That's what I figure, but I kind of want the first one to go so well. That the second show doesn't go well. That the second one, it's like, fuck it, I don't care. No. (laughs) Um, But it should be fun. And and I'm going to have a full band, which is exciting. But also, uh, I'm nervous about because... That's uh, a lot of moving parts. It's a lot of moving parts. Like, normally if it's just me on stage, I'm like, well... I've been around me quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I know how this goes. Um, but when you have the band, it's other humans. Yeah. And you know, who knows what could happen. Mm-hmm. But um, that's why we're doing two of them. It'll be, and they're both sold out. Or they both were. They, I will, oh, great. But maybe by the time this is released, uh, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can't unsell the tickets, I guess. But no, they're both sold out. Yeah. Which is, I'm really excited about because... I hate uh, having any my name like on a thing, and, and then it's like here, pay, pay, buy pay to see Dave or buy, even though my whole career basically is that. Yeah, I hate it so much. Like if it idea. doesn't say sold out next to it. 
Yeah, or if it's sold out, then I'm like, ah, all these people have come to see me fail. <laughs> fail. Basically, I enjoy nothing in life other than I, naps. See, I like when something doesn't sell out till like the day before because then you kind of get to stick it to people who didn't get tickets. Yeah, but then I would rather just have it be sold out because then people get to go and see, like if you go to the Union Hall website, as I am right now, because I'm very... uh, You go and you go like, oh, look, Dave Hill shows, two of them sold out. I guess he's the best. Mm -hmm. I guess he's the best at comedy. That's the only thing I can... It's the only thing I can figure by looking at that. Um, no. Uh, no, but I'm thrilled. I guess that's my point. Because mm-hmm. um, I always think no one's going to come. <laughs> no one's going to come see you, Dave. Um, that's what the evil voice in my head that accompanies me. Well, I'll be there. Terms. You'll be there. I'll, no, I'll, it's sold out, Chris. Oh, Both so shows. So You'll I'm, be there. Oh, You're okay. on. The, I have tickets set aside for you. For both shows, or just one of them? Do you want to go to both? Yeah. You don't, but now no, you no, feel no, like I totally you had do. To say I was, that. I was. Well, I'll talk about this after. Okay. Well, we don't need this is bonus content for just me, I guess. Um. Yeah, and then what else? We everyone, please, uh, we'll, the Patreon, please support us. Mm-hmm. We need. Uh, we're trying to get some Laffy Taffy in here, and uh, we simply cannot afford it until we get some more Patreon subscribers. Yeah, legit saltwater taffy is pricey. Ugh. So, yeah, and, and listen to our other podcast, History Fluffer, of course, which is slowly becoming a juggernaut. It's becoming more and more popular with each week. And then, of course, So You're Canadian... We've released, what's today? Wednesday. No, okay, yeah. We released a new episode. Yeah, on Tuesday. Yesterday. <laughs> I, I've, I think I had a stroke just now. Um, we've released three episodes. We've had Malcolm Gladwell, of course, whose new book, Talking to Strangers, just came out yesterday. Oh, yeah. Probably benefited greatly from his appearance. I'm sure it did. On So You're Canadian. K. Trevor Wilson from Letterkenny, my favorite TV show. Which I finally started watching. Do you enjoy it? I love it. It's amazing. I love it. Um, yeah. And then yesterday we had Amy Milan from Stars and Broken Social Scene. But I'm going to see her next month when I'm in Montreal for, that's right, my book tour. Mm-hmm. Parking the Moose, out October 8th. Pre-order it now. Do you like how I'm getting all these plugs in effortlessly? what you gotta do boom um yeah it's coming fast and hard out october 8th parking the moose pre-order it now or my feelings will be hurt and uh october 3rd if you're in new york city mcnally jackson there's gonna be a blowout mike Sachs from vanity fair is gonna talk to- are you gonna come to that oh i'm gonna be there he's gonna talk to me there's gonna be snacks my publisher said they're gonna pay for salmon Amazing. Other stuff too, but that's going to be among the offerings, as I understand it. I'm not big on salmon. Between you and me, I'm not either. I like it. There were rumblings of a, a poutine fountain, a poutine dunking tank. I asked oh, about poutine. I thought, let's get some poutine in there, and they said that they thought 
that might be too gross of a thing to attempt. So they <laughs> a lot said of cleanup. That they yeah that that they didn't think it could happen. That it was just too too ambitious. Uh-huh. Plus, we're not really in Kurd country, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. So, it is a bit tricky. But, um, yeah, there's going to be uh, beverages. I'm working on that front. I want there to be, like, everyone. What kind of beverages? Alcohol? Well, I know there'll be beer and wine. Uh, there'll be wine, red and, and white. And then I'm hoping that there's Canadian beer. And I'm hoping that everyone gets to leave with a bottle of Crown Royal. <laughs> That's my hope, that people just drink themselves. Um, but yeah, So You're Canadian is our podcast, taking the podcasting world by storm. No one can believe it. It's total... I can't believe it. It's just wild. Um, what else do we get? should we get into? Should we, should we do any crime blotter? Mm. Or we, have, we haven't... I think we have con- enough. We have enough content. Yeah. Well, We'll then you're going to miss out on this story. Bicycle thrown through glass door during fight. I guess we'll save that for next week on the Prime Live. Now we have to do it. Nope, nope. And it's from my sister's town, too, where she lives. So, But we'll we'll wait till next week. So there. All right. I hope you're happy. Sorry. I can't do it now. But, um... Yeah, let's get into it. Our guest today, Vanessa Silverman. I first saw her playing here in New York, and uh, she's amazing. She plays a white SG, which is uh, pretty much as cool as it gets, and she rocks super hard. Let's uh, let's give a taste right here. This is her song, Don't.
That was, we're back, Chris. We are back. That, that was amazing. Was Don't from Vanessa Silverman. And uh, let's let's check out our conversation. She was here. This is we break the time space continuum all the time on this show, but she was just here and now we're talking in the future. Uh, anyway, here's our delightful conversation with Vanessa Silverman. So we'll just get into it. We now welcome our guest on this incredible episode. We This has been a long time in the making because uh, of my bad planning, scheduling, and complicated life, mm-hmm. and Lucy's complicated life, and Chris is com- But anyway, today we are joined by Vanessa Silverman. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for... Well, you've been on my radio show before. Yeah. On WFMU, and now we're here in uh, in my living room. Mm-hmm. The, th- well, the four of us, Lucy's... Which is rad, by the way. Oh, th- the, the f- thank you. Lucy's... She's calm. out. She's really calmed down. I can't <laughs> tell if she's... She's definitely alive. We know that. We would... <laughs> Occasionally, we do have to check and make sure she's still breathing. You have to check. It, that's just, you know, safety precaution. She's breathing. I see her stomach moving. Yeah, just it checks out. But thank you for, for joining us today. And um, there's so much ground to cover. Um, first of all, you moved to New York recently. <laughs> yeah. As we were talking about out on my front steps. I always like when people move to New York. Because I like I like New York, mm-hmm. especially when they move from uh, lesser cities. I don't know where you moved from. <laughs> she moved. <laughs> she moved from Los Angeles. Oh, okay. <laughs> which is a great city. Let's be clear. Yeah. But I always think it's like a. Uh, usually, people just leave and they go to L.A. Totally. It takes a, a special. You have to have a certain amount of moxie. Mm-hmm. Gumption. Uh whatever a third thing is to to go like no I'm gonna move from LA to New York mm-hmm. instead of the other way around and you just moved in July right yeah it's uh fairly recent and I've been in LA since 2001 so like for a long time since Whoa. I was a, a teenager and um how did you wind up there did you go on a Greyhound bus <laughs> no, <laughs> I uh, I moved from the Bay Area actually, um, and uh, I went down to LA to do music. And um, at the time, I went to music school like super briefly. And, Where uh, the Musicians Institute? No, that's amazing. <laughs> what in for, for guitar? I was so I was in guitar, but only for about four months. I. Um, I, I dropped out of that program because um, I kind of had the intention of, okay, I'm going to go to L.A. and, like, you know, meet a ton of musicians and start uh, developing my – I had a band that I had kind of started at the time. And um, and then when I was in a class, it was about me and, like, you know, 100 other guys in all my classes. I think there was, like, maybe four other girls in the guitar program. I just – kind of was like, you know what, I really want to learn about songwriting and recording. And they had a like artist development program that they just started 
Mm-hmm. So I did that for six months, and then I did their first ever music business program. Wait, so, but to my mind, do you know what MIT is? Mm-hmm. Not the one in Massachusetts. Oh, that's the one I'm aware of. No. <laughs> What's the other MIT? Not <laughs> electrical <Musicians>. engineering. <laughs> Musicians Institute of Technology. And then, so there was, and then Guitar Institute, of, which is a sub division or no it's like all the they, same thing. You, they basically offer different programs you could go for bass yeah you could go for bass you could go for singing could you go for drums you could go for drums you could go for keyboards uh, yeah i think keyboards guitar <laughs> that's a sub sub genre yeah. <laughs> but it's but i don't know if it was this way when you went but like years ago i remember my impression of it was that it was just people shredding yeah. everywhere. Totally. Like Paul Gilbert talked Style, about yes. The greatest shredder of all time, arguably. Do you know who Paul Gilbert I is? I don't know. Do you know? Um, he is... He's He was in... He was, he was in a band in, called Racer X, but then he was in... He was in, in, a, in so a bigger Mr. band. Mr. Big. Yeah. That was like his... Oh, Mr. Big, yeah. But he's... But then, as these things go, they had that, they had that song. I'm the one yes. who wants to. It's like a and top then, forty hit. Be with yeah, you. and then, but then he so he didn't shred on that song. But then <laughs> there was tons of shredding to be had, in general. And now, uh, anyway, I'm just well versed in his old thing. There I like watching his videos. I mean, the, like all all the. The, at least the kids or people who went there at, at the time when I went there, everyone was like, literally, I'd turn next to me in a guitar theory class and they'd be like, hey, dude, check out this solo. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a weird, I almost think like shredding is another, because you're right, it has something, it's different from, it's kind of the opposite of songwriting. Yeah. It's like uh it's improv kind of, right? No, well, it can be, but yeah. like it's sort of like focusing on that. I don't know. I mean, I think it's good to be able and fun to be able to do that stuff. Totally. But the practical applications of it. Like you rarely hear with the exception I think of Van Halen pretty much. You rarely hear like a great song that has like ripping guitar like just shredding i i feel like in a you know and this is just my opinion but like in a mass like like marketable commercial sense like at the time when i was there i got an internship working at steve Vai's record label (gasps) so which that 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 was like in in line so what's his record label called um favored nations yes that's right and, like, so he had, like, the guy from Toto and, like, all these niche, like, uber niche um Did he have Greg, Greg Koch yet? That sounds really familiar. There's this guy from, uh, I think most, like, awesome guitar player, what pushes them over the top for me is if they're funny in, in their <laughs> vi- instructional videos, if they're, like, charming and engaging. And this guy, Greg Koch, if I'm saying it right, or Cook, I'm not sure and Paul Gilbert like they play amazingly well but then like they're just very enjoyable to totally. listen sit there talking and um anyway but I, I think he's on that lip so wait so you would go to like Steve Vai's office 
Yeah, and um, like I got like a few internships while I was there, but I thought it was like, you know, <clears throat> very in line. Like if there was someone, you know, just on the line of the whole shredding thing, if someone has done it right, I would say Steve Vai has done it right, but it is in fact a very niche audience. And I think when I was like looking in the perspective of like the big picture, I was like, you know what, aside from learning how to like shred, I need to like really like focus on songwriting and, yeah. um, you know, like you can get a degree in guitar, but like, you know, if you're going to be an instructor or, um, you know, like teach classes or university that would apply to you, but it does not apply to, I would say like the real, like music entertainment industry or, I mean, that's just my thought or mm -hmm. opinion on it. Yeah. Well, it's like, trying to think of an analogy that just really nails it it would be like learning shredding only would be like learning all about sexual technique but not learning how to have a conversation with another human being to connect in the first yeah. place to make that all come to fruition yeah. i think that might be it. i don't know if that's right but no, it, no totally like totally. it's cool <laughs> but, <laughs> but i don't yeah i don't i feel like if you're just like <laughs> you doesn't mean you you know the beatles did all right without doing any shredding as yeah. an example wait so and i won't harp on this but so did steve Vai come to the office then was there an office to go yeah to? yeah there was an office and would he just be there shredding <laughs> no um i i mean i didn't interact with him too much but he did come to the office a couple times and I um, myself and the other guys who were working there at the time we one time we went to Nam, which was my first experience at Nam. Not, not the uh, the uh, military struggle in Asia <laughs> for the listener the conflict it what is it national North American music merchants so, I don't have no something idea. like that yeah but it's I don't big, um, like a, a as I've never been and I've t I'm told it's awesome slash the worst imaginable thing that could ever happen depends on who you ask and when you <laughs> ask them or like especially if you ask like someone who let's say works at a guitar company or a pedal company at the time right after they've finished the conference because it's just it's super intense I mean I like it because you can try out a lot of gear or meet with them um, let's say uh, people who you've worked with over the years and haven't been yeah. able to get face-to-face -face with um, like different companies or sponsors, but also it's very intense. Like most of the guys are just by the end are like, you know, drinking because it's like talking all the time and like yeah. everybody's handing everybody business cards and it's like, um, but it's super fun and you can see a lot of amazing people perform um, but my my first experience going there was with um, the other people from Favorite Nations and Steve Vai. And there was this one, like, crazy moment where Steve Vai was at one end of the room. This is, like, there, there are large, large rooms with different sections of, yeah. you know, gear and instruments. And um, then we had Buckethead <gasps> on the other end. Oh, the I, that would have been one of my guesses of, like, just, like, if you were just going to have a face-off of Shred or, like... <laughs> oh, my God. It was it was amazing. They literally walked and met in the middle, and the fans oh 
were were following them from each side and I was just you know I mean I was still a teenager and just totally dumbfounded by and the whole bucket, thing. He had the bucket head on. He had the mask. Oh yeah, he was he was he was dressed up. He I think they had, had like a wireless guitar set up then. Like, no, but they were they weren't playing just, though. They were just yeah. walking. But it was like two. Uh, Gunslingers, yeah, totally <laughs> meeting in the center of town Super in the old west. Yeah. Oh man, I was just talking about Buckethead, as I often do. <laughs> like yesterday, I think, maybe. Um, but yeah, he's on my list of shredders as well. <laughs> I like that he's a weird. Oh, well, Steve Vai seems like a weirdo, also. He was super cool, like, like very nice. I'm told he's very nice. Yeah. He, um, also, I feel like um, he had like a like a pretty good business sense. Um, you know, to kind of, I mean, he really uh, he he's smart because he he was able to find a niche in the business where mm-hmm. you know um, it's like. You know, there was a other guitarist, Joe Satriani. Yeah. And like, but he was like able to kind of carve out this niche for himself and like some some of these other guitar players. And, you know, that's cool. Um, that's, I mean, that's hard. That's like super niche. So he's like super in tune with his audience. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Sometimes I think I just went down the wrong path. <laughs> I could have been a shredder. <laughs> Just be a shredder. Mm. And then practice hard enough. It's never too... I'm planning on becoming like a late-in-life shredder. Like, when I'm like 70, then I'll just fully... I feel like I can shred like a reasonable amount now. Mm-hmm. But not like soaring like the gods. <laughs> the god of shredder. Just, you know, on that level. Anyway, I digress. But so you got away from all that, from the shred. Yeah, world. yeah. I. Um, but you you survived intact. How old Not were you when you were, when you were in that? Oh, like nineteen. Oh wow. Yeah. Cool. So then, do you have like certain shred guitar licks locked and loaded, like like that come out of you, like Tourette syndrome, <laughs> or do you, not really? I feel like when I shred, I just don't. I kind of don't think about it. I'm just like, how much noise can I you make? Play, I've seen you play live. You play from the, the heart and soul. There's That's what I like. Thank you. Is like you, well, I like, yeah, I think, you, yeah, you have to have, uh, you can't just have the technique. It would be like, I'm going to use another analogy. It would be like if you were really great at drawing, but you could only draw, um, stuff that sucks i don't know like you have to have the whole comp you have to have the whole package i don't know i don't know what my point is but no you you ha- and you play an sg which is also a, a extra bonus points have we lost all the listeners by no. my gear talk i, I, I have not uh i don't know anything about gear and i'm not you're not i'm not bored yet so but i have <laughs> historically and alienated listeners for many reasons, but among them <laughs> is talk. because I can easily go just down a full <laughs> gear wormhole <laughs> and just talk about that. And Okay, wait, last pedal thing. Do you guys know a company called Death by Audio? Yes. Yeah, they're here. Yeah, they. I, I love their, their pedals, um, specifically 
uh, I think it's called the War War Zone. Um, they I'm make like, all sorts of like weird niche. Sort of oh my god, they're great. Yeah. Um, one them I played at their booth and was playing pedals, and it was oh, fucking nice. awesome. Excuse me. No, you can swear. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> I was like, um, swear it up. But uh, when we were at at Nam and I was playing, uh, I I was like, okay, what can we do? You know, I was talking. Um, to the guys there what can we do to like you know just cause a total ruckus because it's so loud there and like I just started playing the pedals and walking down the aisles and just <laughs> making a just ruckus and that that company anyway that company is awesome um, and f- if there are any guitar players listening you should definitely check them out really great company out of Brooklyn yeah they're cool now I do stuff with Earthquaker devices so I feel I'm compelled now to say <laughs> as, while you're at it you should look at Earthquaker devices otherwise I'll get they'll come by and they'll break all your gear they'll break my gear <laughs> don't say that both wonderful pedal concerns um, wait so now you're you're here we've gosh we see this is the problem with this podcast Chris mm-hmm. is I just it's constant derailment on my part i think that's what people like about it. <laughs> a point comes up and i derail it with something that has almost nothing to do with it that's that's why we're number one in our time slot but you the the way i found out about you vanessa silverman is because my buddy reed mullen and your buddy reed mullen uh from corrosion and conformity was playing drums with you yeah, and then and then you also with with Mikey Ross. And how how did that come together? Um, so I actually met Reed. Um, I used to back in LA. Um, I was for a little bit the in-house assistant engineer at um, Studio Six Hundred Six, and which is Dave Grohl's studio. Yeah, and um, Reed came in to make a record, and um, with with. Uh, Wait, which group did he do a record with? So he, he, he did, um, well, there's COC, obviously, but then um, then there was the sort of super... super yeah, Teenage Time Killers. Yeah. Which is um, <clears throat> Lou, uh, John Lusteau, um, which goes under Lou, um, he is the in-house producer uh, engineer there, and so him and Reed um, were working on a, a record together, and... Mm-hmm. Um, a few of their other friends, uh, Mick, and then um, they had a few other artists come in and, and work on the record, and it was kind of like a really rad, like, metal, hardcore, punk, like, supergroup record, and when I was an assistant there, I met Reed and, like, uh, got to help on that record, and, oh, nice. um, you know, we... Uh, stayed in touch a little bit and then michael um he came down to la uh when they were doing some publicity for the record and we all all the engineers and artists and people met um who worked on the record and we kind of connected and stayed in touch and um i spent a few years just really really touring and um michael came out to one of my shows in san francisco and um you know, we were talking, and uh, then Reed came out to one of the shows, and, you know, he was like, hey, like, we should, like, do a tour and back you. Because I had oh, been nice. just, like, playing 
and having just various friends tour with me or back me. Um, sometimes I would just meet people and just have people kind of come up last minute and just rock out on a couple songs or so would you play just just yourself and a guitar yeah i did like a lot of solo electric touring um I like that. and um you know it was like kind of like a way of of figuring out how can i um you know make this profitable and make a living touring and i think when you know first kind of starting out even though i've been in the music business and had had a band before I was kind of starting as new artist, and um so and it's just really easy to to tour that way and I played a lot and um so anyway Reed and um Michael um approached me about like backing me after seeing me play and um so we did a couple tours together and and recorded and yeah we had some adventures yeah I saw you guys play at would it be 10th street bar somewhere in the east Village. yeah that sounds right yeah and it was awesome and then the crazy thing is well this is probably i don't know if this will make any sense to the listener but then because those guys had a band called brown yeah years and years ago and then um and michael reminded me of that and then Without even realizing it, then I was playing in in San Francisco with Painted Doll, and I walk in, and there's Michael, and he's running the place. Yeah. Um. The uh, Hemlock, Hemlock Tavern. Tavern. Yeah, which that just was his closed club. Yeah. And now, what is it? Probably a bank or a CVS now. Man, I don't know. I, I'm not sure if they're you know closing it and then reopening or what oh. exactly. Oh. Oh, so they might it might live on. But I don't know, like. Uh, Michael sold it, and so I'm not sure, you know, who's taken over, or who's the owner, or what. But it's it's a bummer because like that yeah. that club was a huge part of like a lot of San Francisco's like music community for a long time. Yeah, but then I, you know, and I'm just it's further to my point of derailment. I always think about because people are always like, oh, San Francisco. That's even more maybe. Well, that in New York, I feel like, are the two cities where you just hear people constantly go like, oh, man. <laughs> oh, bummer. <laughs> like, every it's not what it used to be, and blah, blah, blah. And then I think, like, well, that's true, but it seems like, you know, it just kind of happens over and over. Yeah, things go in and over and, and everywhere in the world now. I feel like every major city you go to, Paris, London, wherever, People, it's the same level of bitching mm -hmm. is going on where people are like, oh, fuck, man, it's not yeah. cool like it used to be. But I also, like, on the other hand, that's why I live where I live now, um, is I realized, like, how stuff changed. Because so I, I was living in Clinton Hill, and that was the first time I realized. It was, like, in 2005, I think I was living there. And it wasn't... Oh, wow. I, I didn't have, like, the amenities that I'm sure it has now. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time in my life I realized, like, because all of a sudden I went from living, like, I lived in Cobble Hill, which is, like, strollers and coffee shops and stuff and restaurants. And then, but Clinton Hill didn't really have all that going yet. And that was the first time I realized, like, oh, 
I like stuff. Like I, <laughs> I used to think like <laughs> when I was younger, <laughs> I was like, when I was younger, I was like, oh yeah, make it as like, uh, make it as bad as possible. Cause that'd be cool. Like if there's nothing <laughs> and that will be cool if I live like that. And then I realized I was like, oh wait, I, I like a nice coffee shop and I want to get some Thai food later. And then, um, <laughs> And I was the first time I realized that about myself. So I real then I, that's why I moved to the West Village because I was like, you can't. I'm, I'm fighting gentrification by moving into the most self-cannibalizing, uh, yeah, gentrified <laughs> area in the, in the world. <laughs> One of them. I feel like it's it's over though because it's already been that way. So now it's almost being back to being like really cool. Yeah. And yeah. in a way, or you know maybe. You know, everybody sees it as everyone's living in or moving to Brooklyn or I don't know. But it's everything recycles after time. Yeah. Well, it's like the Upper East Side now. You can live up there for cheaper than you can oh, yeah. a lot of places. Upper East Side is like a hot spot right now. But that it used to be like fancy yeah. land. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like I can't afford to live in Brooklyn, so I'm going to live in Manhattan. Yeah. In Manhattan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. I don't know what my point is. That's why I stay in Queens because it's I affordable like and still considered not quite <laughs> hip. <laughs> so, like, but there's you, no music venues out there or anything. Why? There is, though. I've been to one, but it's a big place. What is it called? Could be here all day. Well, I can't the remember. Tennis, there's the Forest Hills Tennis Stadium. That's not the one. Yeah. It's smaller. <laughs> I can't remember what it's called. I went to some <clears throat> to see something. I feel like I've heard heard about a, a couple yeah. um, bars and, and dive dive clubs. And yeah, stuff it's there. definitely changed, but like Astoria is very hip and there's yeah. like a lot of fun things to do out there. But there's no like you know Bowery Ballroom out there where like touring bands come through and that's where they have to play in Queens at least. We need to make it. Yeah. So yeah. they have to come and play in Queens. <laughs> you have to come. Yeah. Well, I like that. Like when there's, yeah, I don't know. When, like when bands can play like Manhattan and they play Brooklyn, like it's mm -hmm. another city. Yeah. You have to be popular to do that. Mm -hmm. I've never been a part of anything that was that popular. Someday. When I do, when I do my geriatric shredding. <laughs> tour that I'm yes. planning. You'll play in Queens, Brooklyn, and Manhattan. Yeah. Well, didn't David Bowie did like a five borough thing, but he had, you know, oh, yeah. he had a lot of uh, fame and, he's, yeah, he's and popularity he was to, to sort of guarantee that I would struggle with that. I mean, Billy Joel plays MSG every month. He really does. That's not easy, I imagine. <laughs> it's easy when you're Billy Joel. <laughs> Have either of you gone to see Billy Joel? No. No. Would you guys, if I could get three of us tickets yeah. to Billy Joel? Yeah, it's totally. I would never turn that down. I bet he just, like, <laughs> plays t-ball with the hits all night long. Yeah. <laughs> piano man. Seen from an Italian restaurant. <laughs> right? So many hits. <clears throat> uh, and people just are losing their minds. Yeah. Yeah, mainly people from Long Island, I suspect. Yeah, can you imagine riding the Long Island Railroad home after that concert? 
I think that's the new. <laughs> Plus, you can drink on the Long Island Railroad, so it's a lot of drunken Billy Joel fans. Can you? And New, new Jersey Transit, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's probably the new, like, reverse heavy metal parking lot. Do you know that movie? <laughs> Where they went to, like, Judas Priest concert in the 80s in Maryland, I think. Oh, wow. It's and like, they, it's just them interviewing people in the parking lot. Like in the lot. tailgates? It's yeah. Like, oh, oh. To do the Billy Joel concert on the way home <laughs> yeah. on Long Island Railroad. <laughs> just people psyched. I bet a lot of sing-alongs break out. Oh, yeah. I, this is one of my favorite things is when you see a concert let out of like an artist that just inspires that uh like I remember in high school Dio played and like an idiot I did not go mm-hmm. but he was playing and we kind of went he's playing outdoors in Cleveland and we went to kind of like sneak and hear a little Dio and then the concert let out, and I was just like, people were so <laughs> fired up. And I was like, yeah, yeah of course they are. It's awesome. We should have gone to see Dio. Um, yeah, what shows do you have coming up? I have a show um, a week from today that's Friday, September 20th. It's my uh, EP release. Whoa, this is breaking. And um, this is the EP release for um, my EP called Brighter and Bloom, and it features Reed on drums, um, Michael on bass, and then a couple other friends um, are on the record as well. And um, it is um, a super, yeah, super fun record. And then uh, Lou, my old kind of mentor at 606, he he mixed it with his... um, also assistant uh oliver and um so when you do that do you just send it to them and say have at it i trust you yeah yeah kind of um i feel like um uh you know lou is pretty familiar with my music since we also recorded together before and um uh yeah and he he knows and uh you know has worked with with Reed and the whole vibe and everything. So you know, you don't know. So you're not one of those people that goes in the mixing and is like, can you make the, turn up the mic on the bottom of the snare half a dB? <laughs> well, I, <wanna> hear that. <laughs> I, I feel like it, it got, I think my, my hands were so involved in the project and being so close to it that it was appropriate to really like give it, to someone else to like mm-hmm. kind of take to the next place um since i'm you know an engineer and producer it's like sometimes working on your own stuff it's just really good to have like another person's or people's perspective on it yeah um i'm also re- i am really specific about stuff i like or dislike or sound but mix mixing is can be so subjective um but yeah, it's it's really it's a fun record and uh, or a fun EP and um, the EP rele- release show uh, is at Modern Vice, which is a great boot company. Uh, from Wait New a York. minute, this keeps coming back over and over. Yeah, they make custom shoes. Yeah, but I was just I was someone. My friend Sarah has shoes from there. 
And then I was out with someone like a week ago and I looked at their shoes and I was like, those are from the custom place in Chelsea, right? They're like Modern Vice. I'm like, yeah. They make awesome stuff. Yeah, they're amazing. I didn't know they did shows too. Well, this is... they, I know they had done some so far sound shows before, and um, Jordan, the owner, has put on some events. Um, but yeah, I am a huge fan of their boots, and like met Jordan, and he asked if I wanted to do a show, and so they've been super cool and uh, helps me put together this show. And then I've got some friends who are playing. Um, Christine Young, who's an amazing artist, and then... Um, oh, yeah. Didn't she open for Morrissey? Yeah. Yeah, she's great. Uh, she's actually another artist who I met when I was at 606. And um, then there is uh, a band who I'm good friends with called Shark Muffin, and I really love their music. Mm-hmm. They're great. And then uh, another artist, her name's... Um, she's going under cloud cover for this, and uh, she's got a band. Her name's Jenny. She's got a band called Dirty Dishes, um, and so it's a free show, and it starts uh, at 9.30, and it'll be a lot of fun. More intimate, um, kind of uh, not full band sets, but more kind of stripped down. So it'll be a little and, different. Oh, stripped down. Oh, I see. Like, the you won't have, like, bass. Yeah, full full band, yeah. Because it'll be, like, in a showroom type? Yeah, it's going to be in their fa- their factory, so it's going to be a little bit smaller. Do they make men's shoes? I know this they is do. not on the subject of what we're talking no, about. No, but really. more importantly, they do. I just saw they came out with some new um, men's shoes, and you should definitely check them out. And you should this. come. It's free. They're, they are a really great company, and um, they make, like, beautiful quality They shoes. do. I've only seen their women's shoes, but they're all like, I see them and I'm like, I want a, the male version of that. Because can I, like, can't, I can't really make a, a heel work for me, really. So you can just kind of like <laughs> I can't design balance. a shoe that's like just for you? Um, they, so they have specific shoes and then they also like, you could order like custom, let's say like if you like a certain design with um, like I'm particular buckle colors oh, or um, uh, certain color fabric. Um, we yeah. should get some podcasting incident shoes made. That's what the world needs. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. It says, now I'm pulling it. Designer boots, sandals, and shoes for women by Modern Vice. No, uh, so I've I've seen some recent shoes. recent stuff where they did post some some okay. new stuff for men. They're really cool. Are you looking at these? Yeah, posts? They they're are. really cool. <laughs> they look awesome. They're pricey, but they I bet they're worth it. I mean, quality footwear is always worth it. I think <laughs> any sort of wisdom I can impart, spend the extra money. You'll be glad you did. Totally quality over quantity totally but uh i feel like if anything new york is like i don't know good in at embracing fashion and quality and all of that if any city (laughs) exactly one more reason to live here in this magical town 
Then where are you playing? So when does the EP, what's the, is that the date? That's it the comes date out? it comes out. Oh, yeah. wow. And um, it's available right now for um, pre-sale um, on CD and vinyl, 7-inch uh, through my label, Diamond Heart Production and Resurrection Records, which is a rab uh, label out of Spokane, Washington. Nice. And you, um, I'm jumping around as usual. But the for my first ex no wait I'd seen you live that was the first time but then you you had made this amazing video with a drone. Oh yeah, Mikey Mikey Wh made a video was that? that was for um, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, he he did a and great it, job on that. And it looked like it cost for forty million dollars. <laughs> 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 the drone. It was awesome. Yeah, he he um, did that, and um, uh, we recorded that song on a day off and tour uh, in I think it was Maryland. Yeah. How did you? Wh where do you get it? I think you need to get a drone. <laughs> do you have a drone, Chris? No. Amazon.com. I, I, I was given a drone. It's in my oh, house. Man, that's I have awesome. a drone, but I've never. I mean, you just got to stick a little taking it GoPro out of the box. Camera on it. Really? Yeah. But I just assumed if someone's giving me a a drone, it can't be a good drone if they're just giving me a drone. It was like a gift bag. Oh, that's uh, cool. Everyone got a drone, and I thought this can't be a quality drone. Huh? But the drone you that look you used looked quality i guess it's the camera really that does the heavy lifting mm -hmm. yeah well, i think um i mean it was just shot with a drone a drone and an iphone literally really yeah i guess you can just clip a phone yeah onto you the just clip i mean yeah. which is crazy but yeah but then how do you know what the drone is filming if your phone is There's flying around an app where you can like there's something on another yeah. phone. Yeah, or maybe it's hooked up. I actually don't know how they work. <laughs> See, I would be afraid to just let my set my phone free to fly around. You know, uh, you know what? There's got to be some calls. There's something that you that's probably hooked up to the drone where it's an app on your phone, and I think you control it with your phone or something. Oh, okay. I think it's the yeah. Oh man, I got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. <laughs> What else do we do? Do we have anything else you want to let people know about? Um, I have another show October twenty eighth at um, Rockwood uh, Music Hall oh, yes. with um, Aaron Comes of Spin Doctors. Oh yeah, he's the drummer. Yeah, so I guess he has a solo project, so he, he's playing that night, and then um, my friend Ryan Carnes, who has been playing drums with me. Um, he's gonna play for that show, so that'll be more of like a full band type show. And then um, I have some other stuff in the works. I've got a show in Red Hook, New Jersey. Um, at Red, you mean Red Bank? Thank you, Red Bank. Yeah. Still learning the towns. <laughs> yeah, I know Red Bank. Red Bank's home of Kevin Smith, right? Is it? I think so. It's home of Monster Magnet, too. Oh, yeah. And other stuff. Oh, that's cool. Um, Where are you playing there? I'm playing the downtown. Nice. And that's going to be a solo show. Um, and, yeah, uh, if people are interested, they can check out my artist development label. Um, it's called the Diamond Heart Production. And um, 
Hey, record bands. And you have a, a link here on your website. Yeah. Not that I'm referring directly to your website as we're talking, but I do have an habit here. <laughs> and it checks out. There is a link on her website for Diamond Heart Production. And it goes to a whole other website. So you have a, do you have a, st a full studio or you're like a roving engineer producer? Um, I go to a lot of different studios to record mm -hmm. um, for various like projects. And then I have like a, a pretty simple mobile rig that I use for mixing or um, I've been recording uh, a record for an artist in different churches. Oh, wow. Like around uh, California and the East Coast. And so we do, were using does that. Does each song have a different church? Like, yeah. Like this is... Uh, you know, whatever song at St. Mary's, uh, <laughs> they just, the 1130 mass had just let out and we got in there and cranked this one out. Yeah. There was <clears throat> a couple churches that we may have we've done maybe two songs at, but yeah, they're, they're all different, different ones. Um, which has been fun, experimental. That's cool. I just watched some video today on Instagram, this band posted a video of them in some church in like somewhere in Europe singing this song and at first I misread it I thought they said it was a Beatles song mm -hmm. and I was like guys get out of there you can't just start singing the Beatles in some church and <laughs> I think it was Switzerland or something but then I read it again they're like no it's this hymn and then I was like well they could probably get away with that no one's gonna yell at you for singing a hymn <laughs> in the middle of church as long as they don't see the Instagrammer <laughs> <laughs> totally but it was pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like the churches in, in Europe, I mean, uh, historically, I'm trying to think there, I mean, there, there's a few uh, recording studios in, in churches, like, actually built properly. Um, yeah, I mean, the acoustics in there are amazing. Yeah. All those, uh, whatever, vaulted ceilings or... You know what I'm talking about. Whatever the link, Chris. Mm -hmm. I don't know why I'm looking at you for architectural <laughs> lingo. Well, we should probably uh, probably wrap up this portion and then sure. set you free into the wild, and then we'll do the intro, and then we'll have a podcast on our hands. <laughs> We've done it, right? We've done it. We've really done it. We've really done it this time. Um, thank you for for coming over. Thank you for to, having to my me. Home. Glad we finally made it happen. Hell yeah. And hopefully we'll talk you into doing it again. And so should we go out on the song okay? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. We did it. We're okay. We're okay. <laughs>
Go see Vanessa Silberman. September 20th at Modern Vice. Get her new EP. Go to VanessaSilbermanOfficial.com to find out when she's coming to your town. So there. What else before we ride off into the podcasting sunset, Chris? Um, Next Friday, uh, the mighty Frank Conniff returns to Movies Are Dumb. Yes. My, uh, this, my how's wife. he doing? He's doing well enough. Secret, to come I'm going to see him tonight, actually. Are you? Yeah. Um, and we're showing The Punisher, which is a 1989 film starring Dolph Lundgren. Stay street, stay hydrated, and get tested, everybody. Bye. Bye bye.